0: I've been uh, well looked after by Pastor Laurie and his uh, lovely wife. They're a uh, wonderful treasure in your fellowship, so you better keep looking after them. So, (laughs) amen. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'm uh, wanting to uh, do uh, today, they've given me a little bit more time because I know that I'm a bit uh, long-winded. So I apologise right at the very beginning. You know, I'm a boring accountant. You know what they're like once you give them a microphone. So. I'm actually wanting to look at uh, a topic uh, which is in uh, the book of Romans, and uh, we're going to be looking uh, particularly at Romans chapter nine. So, if you're a, a visitor, you'll uh, you'll find that uh, our Bible covers lots and lots of uh, different uh, topics, and uh, they uh, uh, it, it is not just. Uh, a simple book, and uh, we, as, as a fellowship, we went through uh, the, the whole New Testament just recently, and as we were going through it, there were uh, some scriptures that uh, sort of jumped out that uh, that needs a little bit more uh, thought that le- needs a little bit more of an understanding and so I thought I would have a look at uh, Romans and in particular Romans chapter nine so the background to it is that uh, what is uh, the book of Romans? Uh, what, what was happening at the time, uh, you had, uh, at the time of Christ, you had Emperor Tiberius, and he had actually had some uh, troubles with uh, the Jews. And then after him, along came a, uh, the Emperor Caligula. Caligula was a uh, very evil uh, character, and uh, he got uh, bumped off by his own uh, guards. And then his guards immediately uh, put in place uh, the Emperor Claudius. Now, Emperor Claudius was a consummate uh, diplomat, a consummate... Uh, uh, politician, a bureaucrat, uh, he was a uh, good uh, uh, tactician, etc. He's the character that eventually took over um, or conquered the Romans, conquered England under, under him. Uh, so he, he was uh, quite a uh, clever uh, uh, emperor, one of the few emperors that uh, uh, just had wives, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so uh, but one thing that he uh, couldn 't cope with was uh, the jews in uh, in uh, Rome. there was around uh, forty thousand uh, uh, jews ex uh, expatriates that had uh, uh, come over and uh, they had uh, already caused problems earlier on, as i said, under tiberius and uh, then uh, uh, they had uh, already con- uh, 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 received some uh, Uh, concessions within the Roman Empire. For instance, they had uh, every Sabbath day, every seventh day off, whereas a a Roman citizen would only get every uh, tenth day off. Uh, They had uh, a number of um, behaviours that uh, brought them to the attention. And so uh, the Emperor Claudius just kicked a lot of them out. Now, some of them had become uh, Christians at that time, but at that point in time, they weren't uh, differentiating between them. So if you uh, were of uh, Jewish extraction, then uh, you were out. And so all of uh, Rome, uh, they just got rid of uh, all, the, uh, all the Jews. And so uh, the Christian church there at the time just simply had uh, uh, those that uh, were of Gentile um, uh, extraction. And uh, so, uh, you know, they weren't so uh, busily worried about uh, the law and uh, a whole range of uh, things, you know, and so the, uh, the, uh, the Christian church in Rome was behaving in a particular way. But uh, the Emperor uh, Claudius uh, gets uh, bumped off by his uh, wife after a uh, bad meal of um, mushrooms, I reckon, because uh, she wanted to bring her son in, who uh, she'd had from a previous marriage, uh, and this uh, guy was Emperor Nero. Nero is also a, uh, not a particularly nice uh, character, but uh, he could see that the Jews were good for business and it wasn't good that uh, the Jews had left Rome. So he invited them all back. Um, and so uh, along they come. You know, so Aquila and Priscilla and others that are in our Bible um, that were been kicked out, they would have all come back. But uh, what it then caused was you had... Um, A church that had uh, not been uh, used now for a few years, of uh, having uh, these uh, uh, Jewish people, and these, uh, then then they all came back, and uh, they came back with some baggage, you know, uh, because you know uh, they saw themselves uh, to an extent as being a superior part of the church, you know, uh, they had all the history and stuff with them, and uh, so it uh, it actually brought some uh, problems uh, into uh, the church. So. Paul uh, writes uh, you know, uh, probably his longest uh, letters. In fact, it's the longest letter that we've got uh, from uh, the, uh, the period of the Roman Empire, You know, where it's more verbose than Tacitus and all, all the others there. So Paul writes this letter, and, and, and through it, he uh, is able to deal with this um, particular issue. But uh, Jesus Christ very cleverly already knew that this issue would have uh, come along. Uh, surprise, surprise. So uh, what uh, Jesus does is he actually uh, gives us, um, uh, is, uh, covers these issues in a, in a parable, in, uh, in Matthew 22 in particular. So to uh, talk about how Paul is dealing with uh, the, uh, the people in um, that are dealing with these uh, Jews and the uh, Gentiles and uh, all that th- that brought with us, we will have a look at uh, uh, how Jesus uh, covers it. So I'm supposed to turn this on. There's supposed to be a little re- green light. I can't see any green light. Let's see if it moves. Ah, here we go. Why use parables? Someone should have rescued me then. Why use um, parables? You know, in this particular case, it's because uh, Jesus is wanting to uh, cover uh, some uh, difficult issues. You know, and uh, and he's wanting to embrace a whole pile of history and rather than trying to go for all the history. He just brings it into a into a story, and so uh, that's the reason why I uh, use the parable in that in this particular case. So the, we have to understand that uh, when Jesus came back to this earth, he actually had uh, three commissions that he was having to deal with. So uh, God had already made a whole pile of unconditional promises to uh, Abraham and uh, a number of his descendants, and uh, we referred to them as national promises. And so uh, Jesus you know, had to uh, come back and, and deal with uh, those uh, uh, particular um, uh, peoples. So, uh, God loved Abraham and he made these promises, and uh, they were unconditional. So, they were there. And and, and so, uh, Jesus has got those particular group of people. You've also got uh, the other people that uh, were there, uh, particularly at the time when Jesus was on the earth the Jews, you know, people that were living under conditional promises. Uh, They were made under a uh, particular covenant. And we know the story of Moses, and that's where. uh, these, uh, these covenants were uh, brought down. And uh, so you've got uh, people that were living under uh, that, which we refer to as the first covenant. And Jesus also came down to uh, purchase and what we refer to as a second or a new or a better covenant. And uh, that's uh, all spoken about in uh, Hebrews chapter 8 there. Oh, yes, I'm not covering any of the, the screen. Uh, so Jesus has actually got a commission to deal with uh, three things when he comes back to this earth. The ongoing unconditional national promises, the, the, uh, those that have uh, been living under the conditional uh, promises of that covenant, and to purchase this uh, new and this uh, better covenant, and we'll see why. So if we're going to be looking at uh, the parable that I had up there on the screen... Uh, it uh, was a parable of the marriage of the, of the king's son. But, uh, if you're going to have a marriage, then you're going to have a bride. And uh, so if we look in our uh, Bible and who is the bride, there's uh, two uh, groups of uh, two roles where our Bible uses uh, the bride as an analogy. And uh, so I've got a couple of references here. If you're uh, listening on uh, the tape, that's Ephesians 5.23 and 2 Corinthians 11.2. Uh, you know, I've got uh, there where it's just uh, making a reference to uh, uh, the bride being the spirit-filled church. And uh, there in Romans, because I'm wanting to talk out of Romans, particularly in Romans 7 verse 4, it uh, makes uh, the comment there that uh, you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. So uh, just making a reference again that uh, this is uh, the bride being the spirit-filled church. So that's one of them. But the one that we're going to be looking at uh, today in particular is is the second one where the bride is referred to as uh, physical Israel. So in Hosea there I've got uh, references there for you and we can read them in Hosea 2.19. I will betray you to me forever. Yes, I will betray you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and in mercy. Verse 20, I'll betray you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. So uh, these these are uh, uh, comments about uh, the physical Israel, the the nation of Israel. So uh, I've got here the second marriage will require the, the 12 tribe of Israel to be reunited and redeemed by Jesus Christ. So uh, Jesus Christ, a uh, part of his commission is to be able to allow uh, these things to happen. So uh, the, uh, the nation of Israel said, yes, we will marry you. Yes, I do. And that's a reference in Exodus 19 verse 8. But they didn't do all the things that they were supposed to do. So uh, there we uh, read of the divorce in uh, Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8. But uh, God still remembers that he's uh, made uh, this uh, covenant with them, and I've got the reference there in Ezekiel and in, in Hosea again, uh, the people themselves, uh, so Israel itself, um, declares, uh, they're making a little bit of a prophecy, I will go and return to my first husband, for then it was better for me than now. So the, uh, the bride that we'll be looking at in the, uh, the parable is this uh, physical Israel. Here, the bride, eventually, if you want to go to the end of the story and uh, have a look at uh, the conclusion, we can actually dive over to the book of Revelations, the last book of the Bible, if we want to see what the outcome was. We'll see that uh, Jesus does, uh, uh, it it is finally fulfilled, and, and it tells us in Revelations 21, come, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb, and it says he carried me away and the spirits of the mountain great and high and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down of heaven from God. The reference to uh, Jerusalem was uh, just simply not a reference to the city itself but to uh, uh, the peoples. Uh, Jerusalem was the, uh, the, the capital of, um, of uh, Israel and uh, so this is a reference to um, uh, Israel. Finally uh, at the end the, hi- the final story uh, we see that uh, Somehow uh, Israel is all reunited, and uh, we can read that's another talk, isn't it? We can go into the book of Revelations to look at that. So, here to uh, work out uh, where I'm going uh, to start with, Jesus gives us a, um, a little bit of an introductory parable, Matthew 13:44. So I'm reading it again. The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which, when a man hath found, he hides, and for joy thereof goes and sells all that he hath, and buys that field. So here, the Exodus, we're looking on the Exodus 19:5. Who is this treasure? Well, now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. So he's referring to uh, Israel. So this little parable is saying that. Uh, uh, God wants to uh, deal with uh, this little tre- treasure and uh, he finds it uh, in the field. But to be able to deal with it, he actually has to go and do something else. And so what he does is he actually goes and he sells and he buys the whole field. So uh, in relation to uh, this little uh, parable, in trying to deal with uh, those uh, first and those uh, second uh, groups of people that Jesus had come to uh, Attend uh, to in order to deal with those uh, first two groups of people, the only way he's going to be able to do it is he's going to have to go and buy the whole world. So, one and two is great, you know, I'm, I'm going to deal with you, I've found you, but the only way I'm going to do it is if I now go and purchase the whole field, the whole world. So, in purchasing this, uh, the whole world, in uh, being able to do that. Uh, Jesus needs to set up a new covenant, a better covenant, as it's uh, referred to. And so uh, here uh, we're getting now down to uh, Romans chapter 9, and uh, we'll, we'll get to the parable in a minute that explains it all a little bit easier. But in Romans chapter 9, uh, this is Paul talking. So he's now having, you know, writing this letter to these people that are dealing with this issue of uh, Jews and Gentiles and that He says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. So he's he's laboring over it, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in, in my heart. For if I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. So he's saying, if I'm in some way able to deal with this issue that is going on, if there is some way that I can uh, attend to uh, you know, uh, the, the Jews and uh, the, the Israelites, he refers to them here, if there's something, even if I'm a curse from Christ, you know, then I, I'm, I'd be willing to do it. You know, so if, if in some way I could uh, do something, Paul's saying about uh, attending to that first and that second uh, group of um, people, if there was some way that I could turn their hearts and all the rest of it, then I would do it. In verse 4, Who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came. So Jesus Christ, so it's identified that he first came to uh, preach, first to the Jews. You know, he needed to deal with, um, you know, these uh, first two groups of um, people. And uh, so, this is, this is a, a reference to um, uh, that uh, if uh, Paul was able to uh, deal with these people somehow uh, and, and bring them all together, etc., and solve all the issues, then he would have. So, the only way that he's able to do it is that, um, that God, uh, through Jesus Christ, has to now bring in a new covenant. So in uh, Romans chapter uh, six, uh, chapter nine, verse six, but it is not that the Word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. So what he needs to do is create this new covenant that is now able to um, solve not only the issue of dealing with uh, the, uh, the, the field, but is now going to deal with, with the whole world. So here, if we start reading, where am I going to read? Read from? Well, why not? We'll just. What if God, wanting to show His wrath and to make His power known, endures with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, that He might make known the riches of His glory in the vessels of mercy, which He has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom He called, not of the Jews only but also of the Gentiles. As he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people. So these are the, the rest of the field. So this is how he's going to deal with it. I will call them my people who were not my people and her beloved who was not uh, beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they shall be called the sons of the living God. So there, this is uh, now uh, going to create a covenant where uh, these people are able to be now joined. Uh, uh, whoever comes into uh, this new covenant, they will now become part of this total solution that uh, God is wanting to uh, to bring. So to make it uh, simpler, you know, uh, Jesus Christ gives us uh, uh, this little parable of uh, the wedding feast so Paul writes a big long letter about it and Paul and Jesus is able to uh, summarize it in this little um, parable so we're going to uh, read it And and so Matthew 22 so here is our little parable and Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son And he sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Again he sent out other servants saying, tell those who were invited, see I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed and all things are ready, come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm and another to his business. And the rest seized his servants and treated them spitefully and killed them. So we'll keep reading our uh, parable. And then when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, and he destroyed those murderers, and he burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. So God is uh, talking about, uh, you know, we had uh, these uh, uh, two groups of uh, people, you know, uh, the ones with the uh, unconditional uh, covenant and the others with the, uh, the conditional covenant. And he wanted to uh, deal with them. And uh, so he, he puts it in this little parable that uh, he invites them, ..to uh, come to uh, this uh, wedding feast. But uh, their behaviour is such that uh, we've just read how he described how they uh, reacted to uh, the invitation. So they're the treasure. They're the treasure. And that's how uh, they were reacting. You know, and uh, so uh, God has uh, found uh, the, the treasure and he's uh, trying to deal with them and trying to bring them in and, and, and have this uh, in, in type, you know, have this wonderful wedding feast where they could be blessed and everything. But they didn't behave the way that uh, they should have behaved. And uh, so he says, well, we're going to have to just uh, deal with it somehow. And so he says, let's go and invite, go into the highways. Now the parable says, go into the byways, highways and byways, go and to gather all those that were both bad and good and we'll invite them to uh, the wedding feast. And then somehow we're actually going to uh, deal with this, uh, this wedding feast. So uh, you can have a guess who you and I are. We're the bits, you know, uh, the both the bad and the good. You know? So uh, we're now uh, part of that, uh, that field. And uh, so trying to deal with those first two, it now suddenly brings us into uh, the story... And it's referred to as this better covenant. So, And when the king came to see his guests, or see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So there was the, the guy, and he, so he says to him, "'Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment?' And he was speechless. So then the king said to the servants, "'Bind him hand and foot, take him away, "'and cast him into out of darkness.' there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For well, many a call, but few are chosen. So there we are. We've got uh, all, all these other guests, both bad and good. And then uh, one of them uh, chooses not to uh, put on the wedding garment. So uh, this uh, wedding garment would have been given to them at uh, the, uh, uh, before they came into the wedding. But uh, the guy had no answer. Why didn't I take the wedding garment? So uh, we can see there that the uh, king... Deals with him uh, pretty ruthlessly, so uh, Jesus has uh, put into a parable lots of history and lots of uh, future uh, history. So we know who uh, uh, the guests are. I've identified already. You know, and uh, in Mark chapter two there uh, it makes a reference to uh, uh, the guests of the bridegroom. We are we're the guests. So let's uh, look through. thing. So the parable, I'm I'm doing it all here. The king, there's no uh, guess about who the the king is. That uh, is God, the king of kings. The groom is the son, uh, Jesus Christ. And so those that were uh, first invited, so in in an attempt, I'm not going to try and cover all the history because there's dispersion, etc., but uh, the uh, the Jews who had been uh, uh, sent off to Babylon uh, to uh, try and uh, give uh, them a little bit of a warning, etc., uh, etc., et uh, and then they were uh, brought back and they were uh, unable to uh, create a new uh, uh, nation there. You know, so uh, there is the uh, the first opportunity. You know, he he brings them back out of their captivities and uh, and and wants to them to establish. You know, a, a nation where they uh, are going to uh, trust and uh, and follow him, but they don't do the right thing. If you're wanting to uh, read the history, you know, uh, even from the end of our uh, Bible in the Old Testament through to uh, the time of Jesus Christ, have a look and uh, go through uh, the history of uh, how the Jewish uh, peoples behaved and uh, how they, um, you know, were making allegiances with uh, the um, Romans, etc., etc. uh, There's lots of intrigue, and they just didn't do the right thing. So that was the first invitation. So then Jesus Christ uh, comes to the earth, and as we said, Jesus himself, the ecclesiastical first, came to the Jews. So he comes a a second time to uh, make this invitation uh, to these people and uh, is calling them to uh, this, and it's described as a wedding feast. And uh, so uh, we know how they uh, dealt with uh, Jesus and John the Baptist and, and the rest. So again, you know, well, the vast majority of the, the Jews rejected uh, the invitation. The reference in, in our little parable to the city burning is there, uh, we know Jerusalem was uh, burned in, uh, in AD uh, 70, so uh, that was uh, one of their their cities uh, being, being burnt and uh, that was... Uh, Uh, effectively the the end of uh, their dealings there in uh, jerusalem so he goes out and uh, invites some of the highways you know both the uh the bad and the good and the good and the bad and uh, we know that the gospel then needs to go and be preached to the whole world and i've got a reference there in matthew 24 but there's obviously other ones and so there in comes the guests and there would be all the would-be Christians being invited in. And uh, this uh, wedding garment uh, identifying is uh, uh, the Holy Spirit. So uh, at uh, the um, uh, entrance to the thing, and I'll have a look at a Jewish wedding just in a minute, uh, the, uh, would have been given this uh, wedding garment. So the offer was uh, the offer of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, one, one of the characters, you know, uh, rejects the offer. And uh, so he actually rejects, you know, uh, the offer of the Holy Spirit. So uh, Jesus, in uh, other uh, areas within our Bible, um, sometimes he's not so politically correct, if I put it that way. And so in Matthew uh, 5, verse 12, he's, he's talking about them, and he says, "'For so they persecuted the prophets.'" Who were before you so you know he's um, talking uh, to those uh, first uh, uh, group of people who were invited to the wedding Matthew 23 verse 31 therefore you are witnesses against yourselves that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets and Matthew uh, 23 24 therefore indeed I send I send you prophets wise men scribes some of them you will kill and crucify and some of them you'll scourge in your synagogues and persecute uh, from city to city. So uh, he makes a reference to you know, how you were going to actually re- react. You know? So getting it back to uh, the letter that Paul is writing to uh, uh, the Romans there and he's trying to deal with these uh, Jewish people who uh, thought that they were uh, a superior uh, group of um, people. Paul writes this big, long letter to try and remind them of, you know, who they really are and what their real history was. You know, uh, have a look at uh, uh, who who the heritage is. You guys are lucky. You've actually been brought into this new, this uh, second covenant, this uh, greater covenant. You know, uh, so Paul has to use a lot more um, writings but have a look at uh, the heart of uh, Jesus Christ. You know, and uh, that is why you know, uh, they went out and made this uh, second invitation, that uh, third invitation, I should say. This is the heart that uh, Jesus is now talking about. So Jerusalem, Jerusalem, it's about uh, those uh, particular first uh, two groups of people that he's uh, come to uh, deal with. He says, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. So, you know, that Paul in his writing to, the, to uh, the Romans there, he's putting in a lot more words, you know, uh, this um, uh, uh, hard attitude that, uh, that God had. You know, and uh, so uh, Paul is uh, trying to get them to understand, you know, uh, there was the offer to them. You were those part of you know well, those uh, first and uh, uh, those second um, uh, those first covenants etc. There, but uh, that's how you reacted. You were not not willing. So there's nothing uh, entitling them to feel superior to those uh, of of the Gentiles. They were at, they were at the wedding feast. Because you know, uh, they had uh, responded to uh, the gospel. If you look on uh, the day of Pentecost, there was actually um, people from uh, uh, from uh, Rome that were uh, there and would have heard it right from the very beginning. So, if we have a think about uh, the uh, Jewish weddings, you know, uh, when they uh, had these uh, weddings, um, because of distances, etc., etc. Invitations were sent out well in advance, and uh, and i 've got here quite often up to two years you know where they might give uh, notice that the wedding is on in the meantime the uh, the groom's family would be given the opportunity to uh, uh, get the uh, the groom uh, to be uh, to get their house in order or, or build a house for them, etc, so that uh, when the wedding finally happens that there would be uh, a place for them uh, to uh, go to. So the invitations were, were sent out uh, well in advance. And the idea of uh, giving uh, clothing is, is not something that was uncommon or uh, inappropriate, you know, very appropriate in this particular example, because the people are being brought into uh, the wedding feast, you know, they were just people that were out in the highways, they were out in the byways. You know, uh, they, they weren't ready for a wedding. And uh, so uh, they would uh, come and uh, they would have been given a, uh, a wedding garment. So another example, if you're wanting, is uh, when Joseph uh, went and uh, greeted his um, brothers and that had uh, come uh, down from uh, Israel down into Egypt. You know, uh, they'd obviously been travelling for some time, et cetera. He gave them uh, uh, gifts of clothing so that they would um, be able to uh, be uh, refreshed refreshed. You know, we've got that uh, parable of the wise and foolish virgins there, people waiting you know, for um, uh, the groom and the brides. So this uh, garment, you know, uh, the offer that was uh, given, this better uh, covenant that uh, is going to be able to deal with, with uh, uh, the situation that Jesus find, uh, found himself when he came to the earth, this Holy Spirit... This garment was not something to be scoffed or, or rejected. You know, uh, you're not uh, dressed appropriately, but uh, you're now going to be invited into a wedding, which is uh, uh, the, the the marriage of the king's son. So uh, you know, you're about to just have an a bit of an abundant life. You know, there's other scriptures that we could um, bring together. So. Here's a reference to uh, putting on this wedding garment. You know, in John 3, verse 5, Jesus answered most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So remember how uh, the guy was dealt with who was uh, speechless? So here he was. He was made, made an offer to, uh, and it's a free offer. Here you are, put on the wedding garment. This wedding garment's going to allow you now to uh, come in and enjoy, uh, in, in type, a, a wedding feast. And it's not just any wedding feast, it's a marriage of the king's son. So this is going to be a pretty good wedding. But uh, so uh, God is identifying, you know, put on this wedding garment. If you uh, don't want to put on this wedding garment, then the rest of that little parable comes into play. You know, you're not going to enter into uh, the kingdom of God. So when we're talking about this Holy Spirit, you know, it is not something to be scoffed at. Now, we've got examples here in Mark 16 where it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, you could, you could, most of you could do this in your sleep, couldn't you? You could quote this. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name: they'll cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, etc. You know what I'm saying? We, we these things uh, we 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 are able to quote them because we look at these scriptures. But we have to actually understand the the impact of these scriptures. You know, um, when we put on the wedding garment, we are now people that are entitled to sit. Uh, at uh, the wedding feast. You know, uh, we, we talk about it in type that, uh, you know, all the, the dirt and the grime and all the rest of it that uh, we had, you know, we were the bad and the good. Uh, we now, uh, none of that can be seen. We put on this now, this uh, wedding garment, and now we are people that are entitled to uh, sit with uh, all the others that the, the king has invited and with the king and the, and the groom, etc. So when we talk about it, 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 it covers our uh, sins. You know, it uh, covers all our, all our faults and all our failings. But it, but it does something more than that. It and you know, it, it's giving us this entitlement to be in the wedding of the king's son. You know, uh, we're, we're now dealing with uh, people who are in royalty we now god uh with other uh examples is telling us i'm not just covering your sins you know when you're coming in and sitting into uh this uh wedding feast there is something more that i'm trying to uh, get across to you you know i'm giving you an entitlement to be uh, now part of uh my my people i'm giving you an entitlement to uh behave as the the um the invited of the king and with it comes all this other authority. With it comes all this other, other power. With it comes all these other blessings. You know, so this garment, just don't think about it as uh, covering our sins, but what it also does is uh, allows us to put on the nature of Christ. And now it allows us to put on the nature of God. You know why, so whose garment was it? It was the king's garment, he gave it to us. We now put on his garment, on his nature, so good Oh, that uh, our sins have been uh, washed away. You know, I grew up as a Catholic, you know, and so now I'm, I'm not going to hell or purgatory. I'm now allowed to go to heaven, you know, that, that kind of concept, you know, uh, my sins are my gone and so now I'm entitled to, to heaven. That is, that is not the, the, the story. The story is, you know, uh, my sins have been washed away and now I've been given the right to um, uh, behave in a very different way. I've now been uh, put on. I'm able to put on now the mind of Christ. I'm now able to think incredibly uh, differently. I'm now able to uh, have a hope and have a future. I'm now able to have uh, signs following my beliefs. You know, a whole range of things have uh, have happened. So it is not just uh, the the covering of the sins, but it is putting on uh, the whole nature of uh, of God. So. Uh, they, we, we, we need these signs following. You know, uh, this, this is uh, telling others that you know, uh, we are different people. We're a people that have got an authority. We're entitled to be sitting at the wedding feast of the king. You know, well, this is how we behave. This is what, uh, who we are. So Ephesians 2 verse 8, you know, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So these particular uh, topics, you know, are obviously covered elsewhere uh, in Scripture. So uh, we are people that we have to understand. We were nothing. You know, uh, when I give my testimony, I talk about, you know, uh, I was a good little Catholic. I grew up on a Catholic settlement and uh, went to Mass 365 days of the year. Could many of you say that, you know? Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I did first year theology, etc. You know, uh, but, uh, you know, when... I came and uh, the gospel was preached to me uh, faithfully. You know, what, what I say is, you know, uh, in the first uh, couple of months of being in uh, this fellowship, I knew more than all the other rubbish that I'd been uh, taught and that before. And, and I suddenly uh, realised, you know, uh, doing all those things in my own strength and all the rest of it, you know, it, it was nothing. You know, it was what God was wanting to offer to put on me. And give to me what God was wanting to fill me which was the exciting thing you know so I went from you know uh, someone who was uh, uh, effectively you know serving the law almost you know making sure I was good enough to be able to get into the kingdom of heaven to suddenly being someone who someone had grabbed from the uh, the world and put on a wedding garment and suddenly I'm this whole new different person you know uh, so it it is not us that is going to get us into the kingdom of heaven. You know, it is the new nature that is put upon us, you know, and uh, all the blessings and all the privileges that, that comes with it. You know, so we enjoy an abundant life, not because, you know, we're able to go to Mass 365 days of the year, you know. We are able to enjoy an abundant life because through grace you know, uh, Jesus Christ has, you know, uh, put on this lovely wedding garment. So we're able to read other things. What else happens when we put on this wedding garment? We have wisdom, we get knowledge, we get faith, healings, miracles, prophecies, discernment, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretations of tongues. You know, we we talk about these on uh, Sundays over and over, you know, and all about the other qualities, you know, the the love of God that actually comes and uh, resides within us, you know. So, This wedding garment, you can now start to appreciate, you know, uh, why uh, Jesus uh, in the parable, you know, uh, gives it a pretty uh, bad rap if you're not going to put on the wedding garment, you know. So the guy was speechless and uh, so he gets uh, thrown out and, you know, uh, where there was weeping and gnashing of tears. You know, uh, so uh, back to uh, the Revelations uh, story when um, Israel has finally, you know, uh, been married to, uh, to the bride you know, uh, we see outside of uh, that uh, city, you know, uh, the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshippers, and all those who love to live a lie. You know, uh, so uh, what? what is it when he is uh, saying that I'm not going to put on the wedding garment? He's saying, I- I'm entitled to be in this wedding through my own strength. I'm entitled to uh, be there because... I was a good guy. You know, you might have grabbed some of those people from under the, the hedges and the bushes over there. You know, but I was in that little three-storey place over there and I had the BMW and the Audi and stuff. You know, I wasn't a bad character. You know, so, you know it, it, the guy was, you know, uh, there thinking that he was able to be at uh, uh, the the wedding through something of, of himself. And uh, the revelations, you know, Categorises as those all who would love to live a lie. So in Luke 13, you know, uh, this is also uh, tough scriptures, you know, uh, verse, we'll read it from, uh, well, enter into the straight gate for many, I say unto you, you seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and shall shut to the door and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he, he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. So while well, this is a Jesus Christ talking, then shall you begin to say, we have eaten and drunk in thy presence and now have taught in our streets. But he shall say, I'll tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So here he talks about weeping and gnashing of uh, teeth again. When you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. So we now see this lovely picture at the final and uh, Jesus is talking about it. You know, uh, I've come and I've given you this uh, second covenant and uh, we've made this a great new way. And somehow, through the period of time, and I believe it will be after uh, the return of Jesus Christ, somehow, you know, uh, the whole of those uh, uh, ten, uh, twelve tribe nations will come back together again, and uh, God will deal with them in, in, a, in a wonderful way. And, and this is uh, what it's saying here. You know, uh, you, you think you know you've been eating and drinking with me, etc., but you didn't put on the wedding garment. You didn't, you didn't take on that uh, second better covenant that I, that I offered you. And I'll tell you, to depart from me. And uh, you'll be standing there, you know, uh, weeping and gnashing, when you'll ever see, you know, uh, that I've been able to embrace all of those three people, three groups of people that I've been commissioned to deal with. You'll see them all there, including those of that uh, better covenant. So God has uh, begun a great work in us, hasn't he, when uh, we uh, are filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, you didn't choose God. Someone somehow went out and found you. You know, you were in the highways and and the byways. So remember, it is nothing of uh, yourself. And then, you know, uh, with this uh, lovely garment, you know, we we become equipped for uh, a spiritual battle. We actually change our whole nature. You know, uh, we become uh, new people. You know, we put on the mind of Christ and uh, we're uh, given weapons that, uh, to deal with those things. So uh, just uh, back to my good old uh, Catholic days, you know, going to church is not like purchasing fire insurance, you know, getting me out of hell ticket, you know. It is just simply one part of a, of a spiritual walk. We come to uh, this meeting because we have now been put, you know, we're put on the mind of Christ and we want to learn more about what that mind of Christ is. You know, coming to church doesn't get you into heaven. It is putting on that wedding garment and then living with that uh, wonderful uh, wedding garment. Amen? Amen. All right. How long did I speak for? Don't tell me.